Hello, everyone. This is Erica Spicer Mason with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I'm pleased to be joined today by Michael Jamadi, the head of marketing and portfolio strategy at Health Recovery Solutions. He'll talk to us about the important considerations and opportunities in remote patient monitoring. Michael, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Erica. We're thrilled to have you. And to get us started, I was hoping you might be able to share just a little bit more about yourself and your role in organization. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, my healthcare journey for me personally started well over 20 years ago. So I right out of high school, joined the military, actually working in healthcare throughout my uh, career in the army, working in hospitals as a biomedical engineer, servicing medical equipment, eventually leading clinical engineering departments in the hospitals. And you know, during that time, I had some amazing encounters with patients and really was able to see the impact my work had directly on patients. Even though you know I wasn't a provider, I was still providing care inadvertently and made a decision that, hey, healthcare is where I want to stay, where I want to continue to focus for the rest of my career. So once I got out of the military, Moved here to sunny Orlando, Florida, and joined a, a company focused on patient care in the radiology space. Um, eventually, that company got acquired by Philips, and that's really where my marketing career took off as I became a product marketer. Uh, eventually, moved a little bit into mergers and acquisitions for a bit, and then ended up leading uh, marketing operations and integrations for a big division within Philips. But, you know, even though I had a very wonderful career at Phillips. I actually could have could have read that out to the rest of my career if I if I had wanted to. It was it's a great company and doing a lot of great things for patients in a lot of different areas. The one area that I started to get a lot of interest in later in my career there was the home. And I really started to see it as what I call the new frontier for healthcare. It's really the direction healthcare is shifting. And so once I discovered health recovery solutions, HRS, and I saw how many great health system hospital partners they're working with, the great things they're accomplishing, and most of all, just that focus on patients, which was my why, my driver. Um, I jumped on the opportunity to join them. And so now I'm, like you said, a head of marketing and portfolio strategy, but I really see my role as a client advocate. You know, what can, because this is a, a new and still complicated space that a lot of people are trying to figure out, right? We partner with health systems, hospitals, community health centers, physician practices, home health agencies, of course, payers. And navigating that space requires um, some advocacy from, you know, both sides, right? To be able to work together and and help shape it together. And, and so it's not just about, you know, us serving them with solutions or them serving us financially, it's really about partnering together and saying, hey, how do we shift healthcare forward? And that's what excites me and what gets me up every morning. Wow, what a great introduction. Thank you so much, Michael. Really appreciate hearing about your background, how it started in the military, but you know, of course, in the hospital setting. And over the last 20 years, it really seems like you have this through line of focusing on patient care and the patient experience. So um, excited to dig into remote patient monitoring as well. Um, and before we do that, I was 
just wanting to get kind of your high level take on some trends that we're seeing in healthcare, Mm -hmm. you know, more health systems are embracing value-based care. It's not a new concept, but we're seeing more organizations adopt those value-based care models and also implementing technologies that really help to support the aims of those models. So can you share how remote patient monitoring fits in here and any key issues that RPM can help to address? Absolutely. Um, you know, when you think about these, and it's a great question, right? When you think about value-based care models, what's the goal? And I always like to start everything with what's the goal? Why are we here? Why are we talking? What are we trying to accomplish? And, and the goal, thankfully, rightfully, is outcomes, right? It's still about the patients. The outcomes is the focus. That's the priority, right? And value-based care models, you want to ensure wellness. You also want to ensure prevention, And so how RPM can fit into that, there's a few different areas. You know, the first one that comes to mind is it's about shifting care to where it's more convenient and more comfortable for those patients, right? This reduces risk, helps improve recovery. I mean, there's a lot of risk in entering the hospital. Everybody knows that, you know, hospital acquired infections, et cetera. Traveling, right? Sometimes that alone uh, can create risk for patients, you know, traveling to the hospital, depending on their condition, or it could be personal hardships, you know, for caregivers that maybe have to take time out of work in order to bring that patient to the hospital. Or if, you know, we think about a lot, we think about it, health recovery solutions, a lot about patients that live in, you know, rural or underprivileged communities, you know, with healthcare disparities, they might not otherwise even have access to the care that they need. So the home becomes ideal place for all those patients, but it's also a place where good wellness and prevention habits can be built that are sustainable because it's part of your life. It's part of your way of living and you have the aid of your caregivers there to support you, right? So that's the ideal situation for a patient to be in, but because of their you know condition, it's key that there's still some level of professional monitoring to not just measure their wellness, but really their progress, make adjustments to the care that they're receiving, right? And of course, be able to quickly respond to any either impending or occurring acute event. If you implement all this with the right solution, the right partner, it should significantly reduce, and we've even seen in some cases, completely eliminate readmissions for those patients back to the hospital. So I think that's number one, shifting the care to where it matters most and reduces the most risk, provides the most comfort for the patient. The other is how RPM can assist with value-based care models is, you know, to improve outcomes, you have to have availability of the service that's needed to help deliver those outcomes, right? So when anomalies, you know, in a patient condition occurs, if you catch it early enough, you can prevent that acute event or you can triage it through remote monitoring, right? To determine if it could be managed in the home, right? Sufficiently. If that's the case, then you're diverting a trip to the ER and those trips to emergency rooms, they're very costly for the patient, for the provider, for the payer. And more so if it's not a real emergency, then those valuable resources are actually being taken from patients that could truly need them. You know, I saw a stat recently that 40% of the U.S. population, like 40 out of every 100 people actually makes a trip to the ER every single year, right? So that's like 134 million people make a trip to the ER every year. If RPM could help divert even 1% of that, that's an additional 1.34 million patients that can get access to the urgent care that they need. So that's a significant value that RPM can do is diverting folks from having to enter the hospital if they're able to be treated at home through that solution. Similarly, on the outbound side, when it comes to either post-surgical or post-acute discharge, helping 
patients get home sooner. You know, in the movies, TV shows, you see patients sitting in a bed, reading a newspaper or browsing their phone. Like those days are disappearing, right? There's rising costs, there's shortages in nurses that's significantly reducing the number of available beds in hospitals all across the country. So if those patients could be discharged sooner, thanks to the ability of being able to monitor them for the remainder of their recovery in the home, then those resources, again, free up for patients that need them the most. And then I guess thinking about it, finally, I would say in terms of how RPM can help with the value-based care is it's really a, also comes down to population management, right? I already talked about outreach for rural or other underserved communities, but even for local communities, there's still the issues of having the enough resources to support them, right? This comes in the form of, of costs, which do get significantly reduced when you shift care remotely, but also nursing, right? So we know there's a nursing shortage and the general recommended nurse to patient ratio for any community practice is like one to four, but with an RPM solution, the right RPM solution, we've seen that nurse ratio as high as one to 150, still with the same level of safety that you would have with the in-person one to four, right? So as we look to introduce, and, and really the, like that's something that I think is really maybe one of the biggest contributors. And that's why we're also looking to introduce even some AI into our platform to potentially raise those nurse to patient ratios even higher. Like we're partnering some, with some really big players kind of leading the way in terms of AI algorithms for remote patient monitoring uh, in, in the home. And I think that's kind of the future there is, you know, how do we make one person be able to provide the same level and standard of care to more patients uh, that that's kind of the future. And I think that's one of the biggest contributors of RPM. Yeah, really well outlined. Thanks so much, Michael. And I appreciate how you hit on a lot of key issues, you know, not just mentioning how remote patient monitoring can impact those value-based care measures that are really in focus, like hospital discharge and admissions and readmissions to the ER, but also, you know, you hit on social determinants of health considerations. And I'm also thinking about capacity issues and how so many hospitals and health systems are facing really dire capacity issues at the moment. So it um, seems like there's a lot of opportunity here. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so as we're thinking about this, you know, there's so many opportunities in RPM and also adopting new tools can be challenging for both providers and patients. So how do you recommend leaders approach scaling RPM across their systems, care settings, and also patient, patient conditions as well? Are there like top of mind, important considerations they should have here. Sure. I would say this is almost like our, our bread and butter, what we do day in and day out with, with the great partners that we're fortunate to have. You know, the, the first thing I would say is a point of caution. And I would say then out of the gate, don't get overly ambitious and try to scale too fast. I'd say from, from our experience, maybe that's where if programs fail, it's because of that really lofty expectations up front um in as they're just adopting for the first time right this this technology and even this this model of delivering care into their organization so when we think about scaling when i think about scaling i i, I tend to not think about it as sort of a race from you know one point to the next start to finish but more like it's moving one wheel at a time. If you think about the wheels in your watch or in a clock, it's moving one at a time in order to help turn the other 
and eventually you start turning the hands on that clock and then that's scaling, right? And so if you were to think about it using that analogy, the first of those cogs would really be that initial investment in the program, right? This is where you're setting your goals for the first time. And the focus in this initial stage should be really around value to the patient, right? We even have models that we do work with, especially with like physician groups, whether they're affiliated with the health system or standalone where, you know, we call it the patient first program. It's a model where before you even make a financial or resource investment, we help get your patients on the technology. And then we kind of figure that out after the fact, because I think it's important to first start with making sure you have the right goals and you're achieving sort of those outcomes we talked about earlier, right? So this is where you're, you're getting your program established, um, in the you know a care setting or a care pathway where the the need for improved outcomes is maybe the greatest, and you just lean in on there. Make sure you have the right measure measures to that set you up for success. You know we have over a decade of experience in this, right? And we've worked with every type of healthcare organization you can imagine, dozens of care settings. We support over ninety different like patient conditions, and we have really hands on onboarding teams. You know so. This is where we obviously spend a ton of our time, this initial part here, but because we have that experience, like we help our partners figure this out, right? We take all the guesswork out of it. We've been there, we've done it. We've seen all the different scenarios. We get them started correctly with the, again, those right measures around whatever the goal is for their organization. So once that wheel is turned and then kind of, it helps turn the second one, which is now about your established, it's now about efficiency. So you have your program in place. You're starting to see that value for your patients. So what you want to do there now is like kind of focus on your workflows and your costs, slowly improving speed, reducing resources as you, again, you're able to better increase those nurse to patient ratios we discussed. Get operationally very efficient, which then sets you up nicely for kind of turning wheel number three, I would say is getting self-sustained as a program, right? Providing enough value, operating with enough efficiency that the program is sort of paying for itself. Right. This is now a solid platform that you can launch quickly from and then take you to that final wheel and the machine and the clock, which is growth. Now you can really expand vertically within the segment you're in to a larger population or horizontally into new care settings or other patient populations, replicating those steps that you had um, success with originally. And this part, you know, once you kind of get through that, this can happen really rap rapidly. You just have to have the right strategies, the right support, the right guidance along the way. I mean, again, that's sort of what we do best at HRS, why we have tons of studies with, you know, large health systems that have shared incredible outcomes they've had from our partnership. In fact, I'm not sure when this may air, but if it, if it airs after the fact, you can go to our website, you can see it on demand, but we have a, a webinar even we're hosting this week where a major health system that we partner with saw their cardiology patient, the re-emissions drop to 0% after only three months of working with us, right? So that's not always going to be the type of rapid success maybe an organization will experience, but it certainly shows what's possible if you have those right strategies and that right support from your vendor in place. Oh, great examples. Thanks, Michael. And I think those are some really pragmatic tips to kind of start slow, focus on the patient and the right measures first, and then continue to hone efficiency and becoming more self-sustained with RPM, really helpful tips. So I also wanted to kind of address how busy the healthcare technology market is. I can only imagine what healthcare executives inboxes must look like with pitches for partnerships and, you know, new technology offerings. 
So in your view, what are those critical characteristics of an RPM partner that you think they should look out for? And what outcomes or services should systems expect when they engage with a partner who fits those criteria? Oh, great question. Um, well, I guess building off what we just discussed from your, your previous question, I would say first and foremost is experience. Uh, you know, like I said at the beginning, this is really a new frontier in healthcare, right? It's still quite complex, this idea of shifting care outside of the walls of the hospital into the home. It's maybe not a new idea, but it's the implementation of it is still in its infancy. Um, so there are a ton of options out there, but, you know, very, because this is still a new space, very few of those options have the tenure that can help simplify that complexity, right? Through, you know, years of kind of working in the area and even help shaping it in a lot of ways, you know? Um, so expertise can really set you up for a successful program. So with partners like us, for example, like you get not only our internal expertise from working with so many partners, uh, you know, across the uh, healthcare over the years, but you also get access to those partners, right? There's incredible industry leaders that, you know, we work with every day that participate in user groups that we host for our clients. Um, so they can share best practices and kind of help shape that future virtual care in the home together. And then we also take a lot of that input and in in that helps influence our roadmap and the solutions we're able to provide. Again, that partnership working, you know, across clients, clients working with us, vice versa, in order to kind of move things forward. So you get that when you have a partner with a lot of experience in this space. Um, secondly, I think in this part is often overlooked, but you really want a partner that isn't just supplying you technology, but supplying you a solution. To really make this RPM work, you make your program work, it's it's not just about that monitoring piece. It's really about all of the wraparound services that are essential for the success of that program. So that's everything from the logistics of getting that remote patient monitoring kit to the patients, onboarding teams that kind of help get them set up, help your team with, you know, setting up the program, uh, supplemental nursing, right? We talked about capacity, you know, you really want a partner that can offer some supplemental nursing to help monitor patients if you do have shortages in your staff, analytics to help track the patients and their risks and even the success of your program. And then obviously you want to ultimately start getting value back from the program, then you're going to want reimbursement experts that can help guide you through that maze because it is quite a maze, you know, and, and we want to make sure you're not leaving any money on the table, you're optimizing value at every turn. And then throughout all of it, of course, you need 24-7 support from like teams that your teams expect, that patients expect. Um, we have all those things at, at HRS. And it, again, we see that as just the table stakes. So essential, we know from our experience in order to make these programs work. And then, then the last piece really does come down to the technology where if I'm being really honest, and this might sound strange coming from a vendor, I would say there isn't a ton of differentiation. You know, we all have continuous and asynchronous monitoring that covers all the necessary vitals to treat condition, you know, the conditions that are treated in the home. Um, we all have the ability to cast surveys to our patients. We all have tablets and wireless capabilities. So it gets very nuanced from there when it comes down to the technology. You know, I like I would argue that our interface is maybe the most user-friendly for elderly patients, right? Those are the kind of conversations you have really when you get down to technology. The core of it, we're, we're all very similar the differences to me really come down to two areas. One is a partner 
that's good with EHR integration. You know, we've been doing this so long. We built protocols, partnered with like every major and most minor EMR vendors. So is your partner able to get you integrated in a way that, you know, out of the box, you're kind of tailored and almost plug and play into um, with your EMR vendor, right? And so that, that data is continuous across the care continuum for your for your patient. And the second is I think you need a partner that knows how to deploy that technology with the right clinical expertise to help you support the most condition, you know, the most conditions, care settings, and patient populations possible for you. So you're getting the absolute most value out of RPM. And I think this is where we HRS may be split from the pack because of our years in the space. You know, our experience have built very comprehensive, robust clinical playbooks and guidelines that's built into our product, but also trained by our teams, supported along the way. So um, our partners get to benefit from kind of all of those people that have come before them. And, you know, that's why we're able to claim support for more care settings and more conditions than any other RPM vendor. And typically, you know, this is when we work with health systems, that's why we tend to be like kind of their sole source for RPM across, you know, all their different organizations, including even their affiliated ones, like physician groups, affiliated home health. Um, that helps have a standard of care across their patient population, but also be able to operate with greater efficiency, more optimized cost. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks again, Michael, for outlining all those considerations. It really sounds like it doesn't always necessarily come down to the technology, but it, it's more than that. It's having a partner who can support every stage of implementation and after after implementation and um, really ensure that the technology is driving value. So appreciate you sharing all of these insights. Thank you so much again for joining the podcast today. No, thank you. This was a pleasure. I appreciate the time. And we'd also like to thank Health Recovery Solutions for sponsoring today's episode. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.